0: Sleepcoolnow.com, 1212.
1: Good evening. My name is John Ziegler. You're listening to the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. For each of the last Sundays, over the last two years plus, we have talked about the news of the week and we provided you with a three hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity and deceit, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. Once again, I am John Ziegler. This is the last live broadcast of this particular radio uh, program.
2: No, it's coming. And because this
1: is the last live broadcast, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. I'll explain exactly why it's the last broadcast a little bit later on. But if you can't wait, go to our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. It's costing money. It's costing money. I'm not kidding. (laughs) I have a feeling that this is going to go down in history as one of the strangest radio shows in history. Because the voice you're hearing there is my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Grace. Who uh, clearly has her own opinions about why this is the last edition uh, live broadcast of free speech it broadcasting? Not, uh,
2: it's not the last. It, I'm not kidding.
1: You're not kidding.
2: No, it's not the last time of the of the radio show because it's costing money.
1: Okay, all right. So we got <laughs> we have clearly a very opinionated four year old. Grace Ziegler. And again, I urge you to go to freespeechbroadcasting.com if you're curious about a column that I wrote about why this is the last live broadcast. Uh, It should be a very interesting, as you can tell, and unique three hours. And the reason why we have Grace in studio, which I'm already wondering about, is not only the fact that this is the last broadcast, and Grace has been a guest in the past on this show, but also because today was a very big day for Grace. Because obviously this week is Christmas. And Grace got to see Santa Claus today, and I want to ask her about that, as well as her quest to get on the good list, as opposed to stay off the bad list, which I think she probably deserves to be on, especially after how she behaved at the beginning of this particular program. But before we do any of that, Grace, I want to go back to the last time you were on this show. Do you remember the last time you were on the show, Grace? Yes. Do you remember what we talked about?
2: Okay. Um, Okay.
1: Go ahead. What did we talk about last time you were on the show?
2: Well, uh, I talked about Hillary, but uh, but then uh, Lee was there, but now she's not here anymore. <laughs> and I want to make a good impression for her.
1: Okay. But do you, when you were here last time, and we asked you about Donald Trump, Here's what you said. You 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 were curious about Donald Trump. This is back at your birthday, back in June. And you asked a question. Here was the question you asked.
2: Is Trump a bad guy or a good
1: guy? You remember asking that question, Grace? Do you remember?
2: Well, uh, uh, no. well, that's a little bit, guys.
1: Okay, what was the answer to that question? Now, you weren't sure if he was a good guy or a bad guy, Donald Trump. What's your answer now, good guy or bad guy?
2: Well, I think he's a, a bad guy.
1: A bad guy. Why do you think Trump's a bad guy?
2: Me, Because me, he, he hates Hillary, and he actually doesn't come for history to go up Santa Claus. So I think he's going to be in the bad list.
1: Okay, well, you, you don't like Hillary either. I mean, this is what you had to say about Hillary at the time. You you were very upset at Hillary because you thought she was going to steal all your stuff. Remember that? She
2: wants to steal all my stuff.
1: So, so you don't like Hillary either, do you? Do you? No, I don't. As a matter of fact, you got very upset a little while ago about both Trump and Hillary. Do you remember this?
2: Trump and Hillary! No! That was on my mama's <laughs> birthday!
1: Right. So you're you're not a fan of either Trump or Hillary, but... Trump's going to be our president now, and that's part of the reason why this is going to be the last broad- live broadcast of this particular show, which I'll explain as we go on. It's and money! Okay, I think, we got, <laughs> I think we got that. All right, uh, maybe, you know what, Grace? Maybe if I'd had you on as a guest more often, we'd continue with this program longer than uh, just tonight. I know it's
2: casting money. Uh, I mean, money, and my mom, too. Told-
1: no one's going to take your mommy away <laughs> all right the show has been already hijacked so let's go to what happened today so as i've mentioned on this program before grace i wasn't sure whether you're headed for the good list or the bad list for santa this year and so you met santa today and what happened
2: uh well it's kind of a long story so i will have to chase Let's oh, I, 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 I was uh, eating my breakfast uh, like I always do, but Mom said I shouldn't because I can You're telling and a
1: long I, version of this story, Grace. Now, let's, let's play. I'm going to play a clip for you from your uh, visit with Santa today because I told Santa that I'm not sure you belong on the good list because you, frankly, have not behaved very well this year, especially recently. I didn't and, hear you. And here's what here's what Santa had to say, and here's what you promised Santa. This was earlier today. Santa, we oh. have a problem, though. I'm not what? sure if she belongs on the good list this year. Is she going to get on the good list? You. Hold on a second. Tell you what. You still have one week yes. to be as good as
2: possible okay. to help your mom and dad. I'll try my best, okay?
1: Excellent. Now, that was a very interesting move on your part, Grace. You, you told Santa that you would try your best. You didn't promise that you would be good. You said you would try your best, and then you said to him, okay, as if you were negotiating a deal. Like, okay, is that, is, are we good with that deal, Santa? Is that what happened?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, it's the, the radio show is compilent. It's what? It's compilent.
1: Compilent. I'm not sure what that means. Complicated? Is it complicated?
2: Yes, it's complicated. Since the ratio is is all covered with
1: uh, it's all very complicated, obviously. But but Grace, here's the deal. Did you did you make an actual promise to Santa Claus or not to be good for the for this last week of Christmas? Did you make that promise?
2: Well, uh, well, it's kind of a very long story. Another long story.
1: Well, why don't you just tell the answer? Did you make a promise or not? I. Uh, yes or no.
2: I. I did.
1: Okay. Well, we're gonna hold you. Mommy and daddy are gonna hold you that promise, and uh, we'll see whether that works out and whether you get on the good list. Now. Let
2: go. Let go. <laughs> All
1: right. By the way, you know, have you ever thought about becoming a talk show host? And you're, and you, I know you have a lot of career goals. Um, you, there's um, a lot of things you want uh, to be when you grow up. Excuse
2: everybody. I got a tattoo, and it's an angel. It's with green, purple, and pink.
1: Yes, you got a tattoo from Santa Claus today that's very pretty. But, Grace, uh, you have a lot of things that you want to be when you grow up. I think you want to be a doctor, right? Yeah, and a princess. And a princess. <laughs> and an And an astronaut and a soldier, and a superhero, and a couple of... You, you don't want to be a talk show host, do you?
2: <laughs> okay, okay. Can I press
1: one of the buttons? No, no, you can't touch one of the buttons. Okay. All right. Let me just give you one piece of advice, Grace, because you you might be listening to this years later. If you're uh, still thinking about becoming on, a talk show host, excuse, don't. Okay, just excuse, make sure that, that little piece you. of advice press gets heated. You, what do you want me to do? Press the X. Press the X? Uh, actually, this was your favorite button. I think. This, remember this one?
2: Hey.
1: What's that from?
2: Uh, sleeping
1: blue tea. Who is that? Who says that? Uh, Maleficent. <laughs> yeah. In- All right, Grace. Uh, good job. So, are, do you think you're going to be on the good list or the bad list for Santa?
2: Good list.
1: All right. Well, we'll see. It'll be very interesting to find out. And uh, Grace, thanks so much for coming on the show. Say, say Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, that's Ho 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 We have started our last broadcast on the Free Speech Broadcasting no, Network with by far the most memorable segment in the history of the program. We'll be back in just a moment. Name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And if you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com, you can check out a, a column that I released uh, late today explaining why this is the final live broadcast of this show, which has aired on Sunday nights for a little over the last uh, two years, providing you at least a little bit of sanity and rationality in this world gone mad. I will explain on the air, probably in hour number two, uh, why that is the case. But if uh, you need to go to sleep, uh, especially on the East Coast, and you, you want the uh, the four one one, just go to freespeechbroadcasting.com dot com and check out that column. While I have where I have fully explained uh, the thinking behind me, and this is exactly how this happened. I decided uh, that uh, this would be the last live broadcast. We will be rebroadcasting this on Christmas Day, but hopefully you'll be having far more important things to do than be listening to this radio show. And boy, oh boy, if you missed the first segment of the program, uh, I don't know how in the world I can possibly top that one. You'll definitely have to if you missed it. Check it out on our podcast at freespeechbroadcasting.com, which will be available about a half hour after this three-hour radio program ends because you missed my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter (laughs) making her third appearance and by far the most memorable appearance on the program. She basically took it over. It was basically like what Trump did to the Republican Party this year, is what Grace Sickler did to this particular radio program in the first segment. She It was a coup d'etat. She took it over, and uh, boy, oh boy, uh, it, it was uh, quite entertaining. I can't wait to listen uh, to it. Her, her mom was videotaping, so hopefully that videotape will be made available at some point, probably at free uh, dot com in the uh, future. There are some uh, semi-serious issues that I wanted to talk about with regard to Grace. First of all, with her visit to Santa today, we were making light of the fact that, you know, I played the clip of of her and Santa, which I was fascinated by because, as I have alluded to on this program previously, Grace has not been very good. As you can tell, You know, she's got her good moments, but she also doesn't exactly have a lot of respect for authority. Gee, I wonder where she got that from. Her mom definitely blames me for that. I wonder why. But uh, so when she was going to see Santa, it was we were making it very, very clear that, hey, look, this is an important visit for you because you may not make the good list this year. You've not been particularly good. You've not listened to mom and dad And in case you missed the first segment, here was the key component of Grace promising Santa, sort of, kind of, not really, much like a politician might, who was hedging her bets that she would try in this last week before Christmas to get on the good list. Here's what that sounded like. Santa, we have a problem, though. We're not sure if she belongs on the good list this year. Is she going to get on the good list? You. Hold on a second. Tell you what. You still have
2: one week. To be as good as possible to help your mom and dad. Uh, I'll try my best, okay?
1: Excellent. (laughs) I will try my best, okay? (laughs) Now, this was not an isolated episode because the way this happened was that Santa came into brunch. And so, basically, he became like the Pied Piper with a whole bunch of kids who were following him around before they got their one-on-one time And boy, oh boy, Grace Ziegler treated Santa about like I have treated some of the scoundrels that I have gone after, although much more nicely, uh, in my broadcasting career. I I became somewhat well-known for going after people like Robert Blake, O.J. Simpson, Barbara Boxer, an ESPN reporter on the uh, Penn State story, and just being relentless and asking them questions. Well, Grace was very similar towards Santa. I mean, right out of the box, right out of the box in front of a whole group of kids, Grace asked Santa, so how'd you get here? How did you get here? Not, hey, how you doing? Not, hey, this is what I want for Christmas. How did you get here? Not completely in a skeptical way, but there was a little bit of skepticism. And she really wanted to um, make sure that Santa was the real Santa. And in order to do this, she asked him all sorts of questions about all of her favorite Christmas TV shows. And to Santa's credit, he had a pretty good clue and was able to pass the test. And so she was happy about that. Whether or not she's really going to get on the good list or not, I don't know. Cause I think you could tell from that first segment, she didn't take her promise particularly, you know, strongly. It wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't an ironclad promise. But to her credit, she didn't really give Santa an ironclad promise. She just said she would try her best. She would do her best. Now, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this um, my own hypocrisy on the issue of Santa because if people uh, remember me from my KFI days in Los Angeles, I was at one time a very harsh Santa critic, and I also talk about a major news story involving Santa this week that I was a part of that you won't want to miss. All this on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Check out our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. You're listening to the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. We began the first hour of this show with a very memorable interview with my four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Grace. I interviewed Grace live on the air for basically three reasons. The, The first is that today, obviously with the beginning of Christmas week, uh, she was a big day for her because she met Santa Claus, and I wanted her to talk about that as well as get her reflections on the election, since she had previously given her perspective on that in the past. Two, because now that she's four and a half, and there's at least a chance that she's going to remember things maybe permanently into the future. I wanted her to have at least a, a, a an outside shot of remembering her dad as a talk show host and not as whatever complete loser I'm going to be in the future as she comes to remember everything in her life. Of course, I'm not even 100% sure that being a radio talk show host doesn't qualify you as a complete loser in this day and age of Donald Trump, but that's another story for later on in the program. Uh, But that was at least part of my hope and goal was that she might have this memory of being on this show with me a little bit more deeply emblazoned on her memory for the future. And of course, hopefully there'll be videos and audio of that as well for her to say, Oh, well, gee, wow. Dad wasn't always a complete loser. I remember we, I did this radio show with him that one time. Hopefully she will not be inspired to become a talk show host herself. As I implied during that particular interview, which of course, by the way, by me even saying that probably increases the chances that that's exactly what she'll want to do. Uh, since that's the way uh, kids and human beings tend to be. The third reason is that this is the final live broadcast of this program, which has been in existence on Sunday nights for a little bit over two years. And since it was the last uh, live broadcast, I thought it would be particularly appropriate to have Grace on. Now, with regard to the Santa element, there are probably some people who remember me from my days at KFI in Los Angeles, where I was the evening host for several years back from like 2003 to 2007, where I was adamantly anti-Santa Claus. Now, at the time I was single and thought I would never get married. Now, (laughs) I'm very married. I have a four and a half year old daughter and another daughter on the way scheduled for April. So boy, things have changed just a little bit. And oh, by the way, yeah, Donald Trump is going to be president of the United States in about a month. So yeah, the world is a little bit different than it was then. But I fully acknowledge complete and total hypocrisy on this issue. Now, why it is that I have flipped almost 180 degrees, not 180, close to 180, but not 180 degrees on Santa, because I'm still very conflicted about the whole Santa Claus issue. Part of it is obviously because I'm married with a kid and that changes everything. Even if I wanted to be anti-Santa, my wife would never let me. Obviously, with a young child, it becomes almost impossible to be anti-Santa unless you really, really want to take a massive risk with uh, you know, your child living a completely different existence than every other kid their age, especially, for instance, in Grace's case where she's four and a half. So that's obviously the prime reason why I have flipped on Santa Claus. But another element of why I have flipped on Santa Claus, because I used to think, well, he teaches all the wrong lessons, all the wrong priorities. I thought that Santa's kind of a liberal, actually, because you know, you're getting something for basically nothing. And, um, and it, it, he kind of represented big government to me in a way. But I also, and I'm not a religious guy at all. In fact, I'm agnostic. I always thought, having grown up Catholic, that it was very dangerous from a religious perspective, for Santa to be so emphasized because eventually kids are going to find out what Santa's really all about. And because they've connected Santa and Jesus so closely, to me, it's natural that they're going to then have great skepticism about whether Jesus really exists. I know for my own daughter... Santa and 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 Jesus are very attached in many ways. And so that's one thing that I worry about in the future is to, okay, once she figures the Santa thing out, and by the way, she's going to figure the Santa thing out way too fast. I, I actually think there's a reasonable chance that today was really the last visit with Santa where she was all in. Next year, she'll be... My guess is she'll be really skeptical, but she'll still believe the year after that is when she'll figure it out and maybe she'll go along with it for one, maybe two years just because she's afraid of what might happen if she gives up the, <laughs> gives up the scam and maybe doesn't get her Christmas presents. So I think we're we're on borrowed time already because she's got her father's cynical mindset and is able to figure things out pretty darn quickly. But another reason why I have flipped on Santa is that my worldview has also dramatically altered. I used to think that the reason why the Santa myth was so dangerous was because it was teaching these bad lessons and creating unrealistic expectations for later in life. Because I used to think that it was later in life that was supposed to be the prime of life. Well, if you're really lucky, it still can be. But now that I'm almost 50 years old and I've lived a very interesting life, a tough life intellectually, an easy life physically, but a very interesting life. And a lot of ups, a lot of downs. But I got to tell you, I pretty much concluded that unless you are really unbelievably lucky, adult life pretty much sucks. It's pretty much. Boring, pointless, a grind, frustrating as hell. There's no magic. There's no wonder. You never get nearly as excited about anything as an adult as you did when you were a young kid. And so I guess I have and I haven't thought a lot about this, but I guess subconsciously I have gotten into this group of people and I and I've spoken to them. Previously, whenever I talked about this topic on the air, because obviously it was very controversial for me to be anti-Santa Claus, and there would be people who would say, but John, what you don't understand is that the prime of life, and I'm paraphrasing here, the prime of life is actually those younger years, the years before you realize what life is really all about, and that if you can protect those years, maybe elongate those years, put those years as much into a bubble as you can, then there's actually a benefit to that. And I never bought that because I'm like, wait a minute, you're going to live to be 70, 80, maybe 90 years old, and the focus is going to be on the first six or seven years? Well, actually, now I, I, I see rationality in that. And my daughter herself has actually verbalized this by referencing how frustrated she is when she says, there's no magic here. Well, when it comes to Christmas, there's still magic. There's still wonder. Now, does that mean she's going to be uh, you know, the perfect child on Christmas morning and not be exhausted or frustrated or is she, is it going to be the the Hallmark moment? Probably not, maybe, who knows. You might get one or two of those years if you're lucky and, you know, cl- count your blessings if you do. But at least part of me thinks, you know what? Now that I've lived to almost 50 years old, let's protect those first few years as much as we possibly can. And part of it is selfish. There's no question about it because it's fun as the parent. But I would like to believe that I would feel this way regardless of whether or not there was any joy in it for me. In fact, the most bizarre part and what a blatant hypocrite I am on this is, I actually probably go to greater lengths than my wife does to preserve the whole Santa Myth. I'm I'm in charge of the elf on the shelf. I I absolutely uh, I protect Santa with uh, you know with the sword of uh, of non-truth, if you will. I do everything I possibly can to make sure. Partially because I sense that Grace might be onto it if we didn't do this. But I'm a massive hypocrite on this because I never would have dreamed even even fo- ten years ago. Never would have dreamed that I would be the guy who would be doing everything possible to protect my kid from being able to figure out what Santa Claus was really all about. So that's one element of, the, of this story that I found interesting. Another comes in the form of a major national news story that went super viral this week involving a Santa Claus in Knoxville, Tennessee with the heartwarming, tear-jerking story maybe of the entire year where this Santa told the story of having embraced a five-year-old boy as he died in his arms after receiving one final Christmas gift. Well, that story just didn't seem right to me, and so I investigated it, (laughs) and hilarity ensued. And I'll talk to you about that when we come back on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name is John Ziegler. You're listening to the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, and you're listening to the last live broadcast of this nationally syndicated radio program heard on uh, 24 or so radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours. So make sure that you go to freespeechbroadcasting.com to stay with us with regard to what we're going to be doing next. We may or may not be doing a podcast in the future, but you can uh, certainly access any interviews and columns that I write for Mediate at freespeechbroadcasting.com, and I would urge you to follow me on Twitter and Facebook if you're interested, not only what's going on with me, but my opinions on what's going on in the news, which will clearly continue well after the demise of this radio program, which I will explain sometime in hour number two. In hour number three, we'll probably open it up to uh, internet questions via Twitter, Facebook, or email if you have a question that you'd like to ask in our final hour live on the air. Right now, I wanted to talk about a story that I was at least partially involved with this week that uh, dealt with a Santa Claus in Knoxville, Tennessee, who took the internet and the mainstream news media by storm, by telling a very emotional and teary-eyed story of him having given a final Christmas gift to a five-year-old boy in Knoxville and had this five-year-old boy die in his arms. And boy, did this thing go viral. It went viral super fast and in a massive way. And when I read the story, I you know, when I saw the headline and saw that it had gone viral, having a four and a half-year-old daughter, I, I'm actually kind of bracing for, oh, this is gonna be bad. I'm gonna get upset or choked up myself. And I got none of that. My immediate reaction was: this sounds like bull crap. Because the original story was first of all by a columnist, not a reporter. It read like a commercial for this local Santa in a local newspaper in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is not a large market. It's a small market. And the part about the boy didn't even come until halfway through the column. And yet it was picked up by everybody. And I mean, everybody. Now, part of the reason why I got picked up by everybody is that the newspaper in Knoxville is a Gannett newspaper. Gannett owns USA Today. They own, I don't know, I think hundreds of newspapers across the country. So it's within their family. So because it was within their family, no one at Gannett who was ever in charge of allowing this to go to all the Gannett affiliates did any vetting at all. They just said, oh, wow, the Knoxville News Sentinel has this great story. And they picked it up word for word on USA Today. Now, once it's on USA Today, forget about it. Because now every other mainstream news outlet has complete and total political cover to take it word for word because it's not on them if it's false or not true or not provable. And that's exactly what happened because this story was, was incredible. It was Obviously, timely with Christmas coming up. Everyone can relate to it. It, It's a sad story because a five year old boy dies, but it was very dramatic. Everyone loves a good cry. And so it just exploded. And when I looked at the story, I'm like, wait a minute, not only does this not feel right, there are no facts in this story. None. There was no date, there wasn't even a month. Of when this happened. And that's always to me the most important fact there is in any story. When did it happen? There was no name of the boy. There was no name of the family. There was no name of the nurse who allegedly rushed the Santa so fast that he couldn't even get on his full Santa garb to go to the hospital to attend to this dying boy. By the way, there's no name of the hospital. And weirdly, the Santa said, that he was alone with the boy because he was afraid that if the parents were there, he would start crying. I'm like, wait a minute. What parent of a dying five-year-old boy allows their child to spend potentially their final moments with a complete stranger? Not to mention, this might be the first visit with Santa in the history of visits with Santa where there no photos were taken apparently because no one else was there. And then the Santa says he rushed out of the hospital immediately after the boy died, which is very strange and sounds like something intended to give him plausible deniability for why it is that nobody remembers Santa being there. By the way, almost immediately Snopes, the fact-checking website could not verify that any hospital in the Knoxville area had any knowledge of anything like this. And if there's something like this had happened, everybody would know about it. It would be obvious. It would be the talk of the town. Instead, nothing. I personally went through and checked all the obituaries in November for Knoxville, Tennessee. There wasn't anything close to a five-year-old boy who died in November. So, I wrote a column, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com. It went mini-viral, not nearly as viral as the the Santa story originally did, where I started to question whether this story was made up. I even went on the, the Glenn Beck program, because Glenn had bought in hook, line, and sinker on this until I came on and explained why I was highly suspicious. And you can also... Take a listen to that interview. There's my theory of what really happened here is within the interview on the Glenn Beck program. So that's worth checking out because it's rather entertaining. And I know Glenn got a big kick, bit, big kick out of the whole thing. Uh, John Ziegler. I, I think he's fantastic. What an what a interesting mind he has. <laughs> yeah, my theory on this is rather interesting because it's not about a five-year-old boy dying in Santa's arms. Because I, I think what really happened here was that Santa didn't want to go with his wife to visit family in Nashville and needed a reason to stay in Knoxville. Now, why? I'm not so sure. Glenn immediately came to an interesting conclusion about why Santa might want to have stayed in Knoxville. But you can check that out for yourself and find it at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Then, after there started to be this skepticism led by me and a couple of others in the news media, Santa gave an interview to a local news outlet and completely changed the story. It was no longer November, sometime nebulously in November when this occurred. No, no, no. It was now mid-October. Mid-October. Now, this should set off alarm bells, BS bells, if you will, everywhere, because you're changing your date on something that just happened. It's this dramatic. That's a problem. But it's a bigger problem for a couple other reasons. Number one, this guy we found out from Facebook was a big Donald Trump fan. He goes from thinking this occurred after Trump's election to now occurring several weeks before Trump's election. Not to mention that mid-October in Knoxville, Tennessee is way too early. For any child, dying or not, to be so obsessed with Santa that they they need to dramatically bring in a Santa and the parents just happen to have a gift-wrapped Christmas gift for Eddie there for Santa to give the kid. In Knoxville, in mid-October, the leaves haven't even changed colors. Everybody's thinking about Halloween at that time. And yes, in case you're wondering, I went through the obituaries for October. You guessed it. No five-year-old boys died in the Knoxville area, at least not according to the obituaries of the death notices, in October either. This, in my view, I'm open to evidence, but that evidence should have come by now, so I doubt that it ever will. But barring any actual evidence, this was a fake news story that the news media bought into because they love the narrative. And unfortunately, this happens way more often than it should on much more important stories than dealing with Santa Claus. You can check out my column at freespeechbroadcasting.com.